You know, the best brand strategists in the world aren't the ones who have all the answers and, and give advice. The best brand strategists in the world are the ones who approach strategy with curiosity. And that's, that's about, uh, you know, turning up to, to any new brand or any new market and, you know, starting with a clean slate and saying, well, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know your business. Why don't you tell me about your business? I don't know what you believe. Why don't you tell me what, I, I don't know what's valuable to you. I don't know where you want to go. I, I don't know these things. Why don't you tell me? And then it's about, you know, asking the right questions in and around the market in terms of the competitors and the target audience to, to get to those answers that you can use to define a strategy. So a brand strategist is, uh, and the role of brand strategy, it's not about giving advice. It's about asking the right questions and taking the answers to produce the right solution. Helping you create loyal customers and loyal employees all through the power of simplicity. This is the Simple Brand Podcast, now heard around the world, including Singapore. Well, it's just Singapore. I don't know if you know this, but Singapore is its own sovereign island country and city-state. Congrats, Singapore! I'm your host, Matt Lyles, and this week I'm talking with Stephen Hurahan. Stephen's a brand strategist, he's a consultant, he's the CEO and founder of Brand Master Academy, and he's the host of one of my favorite branding podcasts, the Brand Master Podcast. Stephen's helped over 20,000 people transform their businesses and their clients' businesses by leveraging simple brand strategy frameworks and processes. And in this episode, Stephen and I discuss his lessons all around what branding and brand strategy truly are and how you can use his processes and his framework to create a highly sought-after brand. Spoiler alert, branding is not just about your logo. In fact, you'll find out that that's one of the last things you actually focus on when you're crafting your brand. So here it is. Here's my interview with Stephen Hurahan. Hi, Stephen. Welcome to the show. Hey, Matt. How are you? Uh, great. Well, this is fun. We are talking across the pond today. We are indeed. You're in, uh, you're in Tennessee, and I'm, uh, I'm down here in the south of France. Yeah, so, so you've help, help me understand your background now, because you're originally from Ireland, then to Australia, and now you're in the south of France. Yep, I was born and bred in Ireland. I'm uh, 100% Irish and uh, I relocated at 20, stayed in Australia for 20 years and I've just relocated to uh, to to France. So if you're if you're even very poor at math, you can uh, you can grab my age there. You started your career in finance, right? Mm. Yeah, yeah, I was I was actually in the stockbroking world. Um, back before the GFC hit, I was doing stock and options, uh, advisory for institutional and retail investors. So it was a complete, uh, shift, but what I loved, uh, about that journey is that you take it, there's nothing that you don't leave behind, right? You, you take everything with you, no matter what path you've taken, you, you, you take it all with you and you use it in what you're doing today. And I've definitely been able to do that with a background that I had in finance and economics. Well, so I'd love to understand, and it sounds like you pivoted before the term pivot was cool, but 
What mm. drove you to pivot into branding? And then what were you able to take from the finance industry? Well, I, I'm, I'm one of those, but I, I love self-development. So anything yeah. that I'm into, I like, to, I like to read more about it, to learn more about it. And in the finance world, I remember I was uh, you know, in my mid-20s and I, I'd be taking the bus home from, uh, from, from work because I, I worked in the city and I lived close to the city, but not, not close enough to walk. So I'd jump on the bus and I, I, that's where I'd read my finance books and they were just, they were just boring as all hell. And, and you know, it, was, it was excruciating for me to, to kind of read those books. So it, there was always this, this kind of pull to, to do things outside of work that I actually enjoyed doing. And one of the things that I enjoyed doing was jumping onto Photoshop and you know, playing around with those apps. So you know, after the GFC, that was kind of uh, a, a turning point because I was headed into a world uh, as, as a broker. And you know, yeah. people, people after the GFC, they, they did not trust brokers the way they used to. And it, it, was, it was just that turning point for me to say, okay, what do I want to do now? And, and uh, so I, I loved design, I loved branding. So that was the kind of path that I, that I went down. I, I, I retrained in, in design. And that led me into into branding and then brand strategy. So it, it's kind of been a long journey. But as I said, the lessons that I took from sitting in boardrooms with CEOs that that kind of served me very well when sitting down with clients uh, to to work on their brand and their brand strategy. And those lessons have kind of uh, been taken with me. I oh, love that. Yeah, I love love the fact that like wherever you go, you always take a little bit with you you know and um, mm. a, a lot of times like when i speak to leaders i equate it to a suitcase you're always traveling on a journey so what are you packing in your suitcase and it, it's like it's like the mistakes that you make along the way any entrepreneur yeah. can kind of uh, can can kind of relate to that how many many mistakes do you make when you're you know setting up your business for the first time setting up your first website setting up you know your your first email campaign anything you you just make mistakes so you know, you, you take all of those lessons with you. So, you know, nothing's wasted. And I like that you made this distinction because a lot of people, when they talk about, you know, branding and working in brand, when it gets down to it, most people, when they say that, they're talking mostly about design. And your work focuses beyond simply design and goes all the way into actual brand strategy, which I love. So just for the sake of those listening in who may not be fully versed in all things brand and brand strategy. Can you give us your definition of a brand and then the difference between brand and brand strategy? Yeah, absolutely. I'll give you a simple, simple definition first, but then it's probably better if I, t if I tell you a story as to how I got to where I got to and, you know, how I kind of uncovered the difference between the two. So I'd love that. Yeah. You know, I, I, I was in this world offering brand design services to my clients. So, so I kind of climbed up in the agency world and I started getting a lot of referrals on the side. So I went out on my own as a freelancer. And in the beginning, it was, you know, pretty easy. I, I had referrals coming through and, but then I, I started to notice a shift in the market and, uh, you know, the clients that I had and, and the rates that I was charging, they started to change. And, and I noticed clients started to go elsewhere for their services because it was at a time where you had freelancer.com, Odesk uh, coming out, and it just, it blurred the lines of markets and it, it changed price perception. So I, I couldn't compete on that level. 
in terms of you know competing with those prices that that other economies were charging. So I I had to kind of ask myself the question: Well, what reason can I give my clients to choose me over my competitors? Because if all we're doing is competing on price, we're we're in this we're in a commodities game. Right. So that that led me to this key term differentiation and differentiation strategy. And I was like, well, okay, well, how does that work? So I, I, I kind of start pulling that thread and that led me to positioning, which is brand strategy 101. And that opened up all of the different doors to what brand strategy is and completely changed my perspective on what branding was all about. And in, in doing so, it, it it helped me to uncover what my difference was. And that was to help my clients to understand the difference between a visual brand and an actual brand, an actual brand that's that's built on strategy. So the difference between the two is a visual brand is just your logo. It's it's you know, it's just how your brand looks. And that visual brand is not there to do anything else other than to be memorable and to spark recognition and recall. That's it. Right. If somebody sees your icon or your logo, you want them to be able to say, ah, that's that brand, but that's not enough for them to make a decision to choose you over your competition. What they need to do from that is to recall what your brand is about, recall the experiences that they've had with your brand, and recall why you're different from the competition and why they should choose you. And that's the difference between a visual brand and a strategic brand is that one is visually appealing and can spark that memorability and recall, but another gives the consumer, gives the audience an actual reason to choose that brand over their competitors. And that is the difference. That is where decisions are made and that is where you influence consumer behavior. And that is what branding and brand strategy is all about. So when it comes to like that, that visual brand, it's kind of like that reminder, you know, like every, every time you see it, hi, I'm over here. But that's it. That's it. I mean, look, at the end of the day, we've all got our relationships with brands, right? You know, I love Apple, you know, you might love Nike or Patagonia or whatever brand you might like, but it's not the Nike swoosh or the Apple logo that makes us buy the brand. That's just a hook. That's like a memory cue to go, ah, that's what this is all about. It's the experiences that you have with those brands and the image and the perception that you create in your mind as to what that brand means is where you make your decisions. The swoosh is just a hook. The apple, it's just a hook. It's just a hook to bring you back to those experiences, which are what influences your decisions. Yeah. And, uh, Correct me if I'm wrong. I think you've had Marty Neumeyer on your podcast before. Is that yep, right? Yeah, absolutely. An yeah. absolute pleasure. The, the, he, he's actually the one that sent me on this trajectory. When I start digging into what differentiation was, it was Marty Neumeyer and his book, The Brand Gap, that, that, that came up and, and that opened up my world. So, and yeah, it's been, it's been an absolute honor to speak with him. And, you know, for those who don't know Marty Neumeyer, he yeah, was right here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anybody who's into to, to brand uh, for, for any amount of time knows who Marty Neumeyer is. They know his books. Um, they're easily digestible as well. And, and you know, they, they simplify branding, which is what branding is all about anyway. 
it just really paints a picture of of what branding is all about in a in a really succinct way. So yeah, he's the one that kind of set me on on that trajectory and opened up the world of brand strategy. I love hearing that. And I would say kind of a similar path. I was lucky enough to get into branding and brand management. And once I was there, started studying it more and more. And then when mm. I found Marty's book, The Brand Gap, I think it was like a whole new window or a whole new doorway opened with his quote. And I, I may or may not butcher it here, but his quote of your brand is not what you say it is. It's what they say it is. I think that was yeah. from from Brand Gap. And that yeah. goes all the way back to what you were talking about, how the brand is what your customer creates in their mind based on mm. all those experiences they have. And, and, and anybody who reads that book, and it, this probably happened with you as well, Matt, is that when you start to understand the mechanics behind branding, it all just kind of clicks into place as if, you know it already. Uh, and I think the reason that is, is that we've all got relationships with brands. Even if you're not a, a strategist, even if you're, you're not a designer, you have a relationship with a brand where, you know, there is no substitute for that brand. So when you start to learn about brand strategy, when entrepreneurs start to learn about branding and brand strategy and what they're actually trying to build, they get so excited when they're able to formulate their thinking and their ideas around the brand that they're trying to build because they know it already, because they have those relationships too. That's it. Well, so when it comes to the customers, customers interacting with brands, how do customers choose the brands that they want to do business with today? Yeah, that's a, a really good question. And, you know, the, there are many different factors to buying decisions, okay? At the end of the day, if somebody's determined to pay the lowest price, they're gonna go out and pay the lowest price. But every market is broken up into segments. And those segments value different factors differently. In the market for cars, you know, somebody will value the price more than anything else. Other people will, you know, place a high value on the badge and, you know, the the status that comes with it and the the sound of the thunk on the, the door when it closes. You know, there are a lot of different reasons that we buy brands and a lot of those buying decision factors are predetermined by the segments of the market. But once you're in those segments, it is the relationships that the individual brands build with the consumers and it's it's the appeal of what those brands mean to that particular group of people. And there are many facets to that. It's the personality of the brand. How does the brand talk? You know, what do they say? Are they, are they uh, you know, overly corporate? Are they really stylish? Are they funny? There are a lot of, we're all different as, as humans. We all have different attributes as humans and we're all tra attracted to, to, to different characteristics. So, you know, once you're in those market segments, there are a number of different things that, that you can use to appeal to your customer, whether it's the simplicity of the brand, it's the humor that you, you, that you use, it's the experience that you take them on. It's about, you know, making them feel taken care of. There are many different factors, but what you have to decide as a brand is what segment of the market am I going to go after? Why am I going after that segment? And then once I know that segment, what am I going to say to them to make them want to choose our brand 
over our competitors. It's really about understanding who that market segment is, understanding what's important to them from the buying decision factors, and then giving them what they want in a way that resonates with them. So when it comes to defining and building that brand strategy, would you say that the first step, or at least one of the first steps, is defining who you want that customer to be or defining that customer that you're trying to go after? 100%. And look, it it is an iterative process. So once you define the audience and, you know, the market that you want to go after, Mark Ritson talks a lot about the STP marketing model, you know, segmentation, targeting and positioning. Once you identify that market that you want to go after and you identify the segment that you want to go after, then you have to look at your competition and ask, well, what are they offering those consumers already? And how can I be different to those competitors? And you might find that from that process, you identify maybe another segment of the market that you could potentially go after with the unique position that you're going to offer. But 100%, your brand does not exist without your customer. It, it, it just doesn't exist without the customer. You can have the best idea in the world, you know, but if there is no market out there, if there is no group of people who are prepared to pick up what you're putting down, then you know your your brand is going to be a very very expensive hobby before long your brand is not going to survive unless you're meeting the need of a certain group of people and you know there's there's a transaction there so 100% getting to know who your audience is and not just from a broad point of view and defining the broad market it's defining the market within the market the market segments the 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 specific group of people and what is it that they want and why are they different to the rest of the market? When you can identify who you're not for within the market, who you're for becomes a lot clearer. Yeah, absolutely. And that's one of the things that I talk about too is in crafting your brand, you know, a lot of a lot of brand strategists, a lot of leaders will focus on here's our brand identity, but when you talk about who you're for and then who you're not for, I think that it's also valuable to at least take the step to say, and here's what we are not. Here's who we are not. Here's what what I refer to as our anti-identity. Mm. And, I, and I think often, you know, there, there are a lot of mental blocks when it comes to positioning. Uh, if you mention the word niching to people, they, they nearly freeze up because it, 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 it presents them with this, this idea that they have to close the door on all of this other business. And that's, that's not really the case. There's, there's a way around that, you know, positioning is just what you talk about, what you do, um, you know, with, with, uh, other consumers while you build that reputation, you know, you don't have to close the door to other business, but what you have to do is you have to build a reputation as an expert for this specific group of people. So being able to identify the market as a whole, and then being able to point to the people who you're not for, you know, so as an example, if you're getting into a market and you have a product that is not bottom drawer prices, you know, let's say your your product or your service starts at twenty or thirty thousand dollars, well, then you can easily identify bootstrapped startups as a segment of the market who you're not for because quite simply they can't afford you. Right. So being able to start with who you're not for, it narrows down who you are for. And then it's just a case of layering that market. Well, 
you know, what exactly does this market want? Well, these are the services that I'm going to offer. Well, you know, what industry am I going to serve? Well, that's another layer that you can put on top of that. And you can continue to put layers um, in terms of how you're going to resonate with them, what experience you're going to take them on. And before long, you've got three, four, five layers that cover the whole market. And it just identifies this little segment that you're able to drill down on and you can call out those people and they'll self-identify with that group. And, and, uh, and that's a key point in positioning. You need to identify a group of people where when you call them out, they go, ah, that's me. He's not talking to the whole market. He's talking to me because you know I, I see myself in, in those messages. I see myself in those problems and those challenges and, and the outcome that we're trying to achieve. Yeah. And I think when, when a customer is able to see themselves in that message and see themselves in what's being delivered to them, whether it's the message or the experience and say, wow, that's me. I call that empathy. Yeah. And that's, it's a huge, huge factor. Actually, I, I, I read a, a book uh, by one Mr. Gary Vaynerchuk uh, quite a few yeah. years back I've now at this stage. It was, uh, it was called the, the Thank You Economy. Yes. Um, and, and that was really all about empathy. Um, and you know what he's doing on, on, you know, there are some people who, who love Gary Vaynerchuk, some people who really don't like him, but you know, I, I think what he's doing now in terms of, you know, the, the honesty and the, and the, the, the rawness of, of what he's doing and the, the, uh, the empathy that he shows, um, you know, it, it really opens up the door to this idea that you could do business in a different way. And if you're able to really show understanding to your clients, especially in a service-based business where you're meeting those clients in a boardroom for a workshop, if you're really able to, you know, to take the time to understand them and to be 100% transparent and upfront in the way you do business, that is a, you know, they are some key ingredients there for a great client relationship. And when you focus more on the relationship instead of just that immediate transaction, then the customer tends to feel more valued and will be more loyal to you and will and help I, to stay in that long-term relationship. And look, that, that's, that's a way that, that I like to distill branding as well, you know, okay. because we can, I don't know how many articles I've read about, you know, hair splitting when it comes to branding versus marketing versus sales. And there is a difference. The closer you get to that, that, sales area, you know, you, you picture these, you know, hardcore salespeople on the phones, you know, trying to use every trick under the sun when it comes to marketing. It's all about that ask. It's all about, you know, do this, you know, uh, you know, take this action. Now, when it comes to branding, it, it, you're not asking anything, you're building relationships, you know, whether that's giving value, whether it's providing information, whether it's answering questions, whether, you know, you know, no matter what it is, brand building is about building that relationship. The ask comes later on, you know, the sale comes later on. And if you do branding correctly, then all of the other stuff becomes a lot easier. Yeah. And, you know, to, to bring it back to Gary Vaynerchuk again, you know, focusing on that branding, all those branding actions and the giving to me, like that's, that's his, uh, jab, 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 right hook concept. Absolutely. And, 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 and that's how you attract the right tribe as well, you know, because in, in building that relationship and, and I love the, the jab, 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 right hook philosophy. I, I'm, you know, I use it every day and, and, 
the way I use it is to, you know, to, to, to build that relationship. And, and one of the ways I build the relationship is not just through the information that I provide, the articles that I direct my, my followers to, the videos that I create for my followers. It, it's also in the way I do it. it. It's my personality, the way I speak, um, you know, the language that I use, the way I articulate. These are things that are unique to me. And nobody else can replicate that. You know, anybody can talk about branding and they're, they're, you know, you, you know, as well as I do, there are thousands or hundreds of thousands or, or, you know, maybe more people talking about branding out there, but no one does it the way you do it. And no one does it the way I do it. And if you do it in a way that's genuine and you follow that philosophy of empathy and giving, then, you know, the people out there who resonate with you and who click with you and your personality and the way you are, they're drawn into you and they're attracted to you. So, you know, they're the ones that become the, the long-term followers. And, you know, it, it just really enhances that, that customer relationship. So it's not about, it's not about the one sale transaction. See you later. You know, it, it's about building that, that relationship long-term. So they, they stay with you on your, on your journey. Love that. Well, and when it comes to your lessons and what you teach and share with your clients, with your community, you've got some tenets of brand strategy that you follow and share. Can you share some of those here? Yeah, absolutely. So when it comes to building a brand, what you'll find is, you know, a lot of uh, entrepreneurs, they jump to the last step and that is building the visual brand. <laughs> the, the the last step is building the visual brand because essentially what you're doing is you're bringing the strategy to life visually. Right. You know, and before you do that, you have to have done everything else. You have to first understand who your customer is. And this is what we spoke about earlier on. Understand that market, understand those market segments. And, you know, this goes beyond just the demographics and the psychographics. You know, that's really just you know, what job they do, how old they are. That that doesn't really give you the insights that you need. It's not until you get down to the challenges and the pain points. And what you'll find is that people who have the same challenges and the same pain points, you know, they're brought together by those conditions, you know, the, those same challenges. You might have two people who have the exact same pain points, the exact same challenges, the exact same desired destination. And one is living in Tennessee. He's in his 40s. You know, he, he's a white male. Uh, another one is living in Hong Kong. She's in her 20s. And, you know, she, you know, just completely different demographics. Do you know what I mean? So, so when you try to find your audience through demographics and psychographics, you're just left with this surface level information. It's not until you dig deep and really uncover those challenges and pain points you really start to find those commonalities between your audience. Number two is understanding your competitors. You know, you can't position in a silo. If you go out and identify your market segment and you don't at all look at your competitors, well then, you know, there's every chance you'll go out into the market and just become a replica of what's already out there. And at the end of the day, if, if, if there are, you know, two, three, four, five, six top competitors out there offering the exact same as you, you are at a distinct advantage because they have an advantage on you due to the time that they've been in the market. If, however, those five, six competitors 
who are offering the same and you go out and you offer something different because you have looked at your competitors and what they're offering, then that puts you at an advantage to those five competing with each other because you're not trying to be the same. You're trying to be different and you're offering an alternative. So those two are absolutely critical. Understanding the audience, understanding the competitors, and only from there positioning your offer, positioning your brand. And that's essentially about giving your audience a reason to choose you over those competitors. When they have a reason, when they have a, a place to position you in their mind that's slightly different from the others, well then, you know, that increases recognition, recall, salience, so that when it comes to that buying decision, you're not in amongst the pack of those five or six other competitors. It's between you and this other brand because they're not choosing between you know much of the same. They're choosing between this option and that option. So th- that's the trifecta of positioning. It's, it's the audience, the competitors, and the positioning. That is the core of brand strategy. That is brand strategy 101. You need to have those ducks in a row before you go any further. That is the meaning that you're going to provide to your audience. Once you have that clear, then it's about building the rest of the brand around that. And that is, what are we going to say and how are we going to say it? So this is your brand personality, the attributes that you're going to use, your verbal identity, You know, how are we going to speak? And then the messages that you're going to put out there into the market and the stories that you're going to tell. So that's the next layer of your brand. It's not just about that transaction. The, the core of brand strategy is about scratching that itch. What's in it for me? Once you've given them that itch, once you've scratched that itch, it's about here are the other attributes and here are the way we're going to resonate with you and speak to you that's going to tap into who you are as a person and it's going to, to make those more emotional connections. And then the final layer after that is the visual identity. This is how we're going to show up visually. If we were a person, the last thing we we are going to do as a person is is to put our clothes on to you know to distinguish ourselves with our our jacket or our shirt or our our pants our shoes that's your that's your visual identity that's how you're distinguishing yourself from other brands it's in the the clothes you wear but strip that all back and then you know that's where you start to get to the real depths of 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 what a brand is all about so Again, it's the old iceberg analogy. The, the visual identity is the tip of that iceberg. And then the strategy is everything below the surface. And I really appreciate how you talked about making sure that you focus on that brand voice, what you say and how you say it, even mm. before the, the visual identity. Because I, I still think that too many brands, too many brand strategists or brand leaders will focus on the visual identity and give very little focus to their brand voice. And mm. in my mind, I would say that your brand voice is is equally as important as your mm. visual identity. I, I would say at a minimum, it's on a par. If you look at modern brands today, um, I was just doing a video on this today, actually, MailChimp, Slack, just, just Google uh, their brand guidelines and have a look at the emphasis that they put on their 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 tone of voice. It's so important. And the tone of voice is just an extension of the personality. I'm a, a big believer in the human brand philosophy. So what we build as brand builders, you know, we're we're building an entity to connect with another human. And the more human you can make that entity, the more easily it's going to connect. 
So when you talk about the, the personality of the brand and you're talking about the attributes that a brand is going to use, you have to have that clearly defined before you go and start designing your visual identity. Because if you define your personality as rugged and tough and gritty, well then those attributes are going to be hugely valuable when it comes to defining your visual identity. Because you know a modern and sleek looking brand which a lot of designers like to use in certain trends is going to be completely different from a gritty and tough and rough looking brand. And if a brand hasn't defined its strategy and who it wants to connect with and arrived at those attributes to design its visual identity, well, they could end up with a visual identity that doesn't really connect with anybody that looks completely different to the audience that they're trying to connect with. So, you know, it's really important to have that strategy and that positioning trifecta grounded first and foremost, and then, you know, the human brand, the brand personality after that, before you go anywhere near your visual identity. Oh, yeah. And you, you mentioned uh, MailChimp's brand guidelines. I, I, I love geeking out on brand guidelines as well. And I got this from them, I want to say it was a few years ago. I don't know if they have updated their guidelines since then, but um, part of their guidelines shows their attributes and says, and, and this this is where I get the anti-identity from. It shows the attributes that says, this is who we are. And it lists, you know, a handful of points. And it says, and this is who we're not. You know, mm. it's it's this, not that. Mm. Yeah, because it's all abstract, right? Yeah. So we, we, we need reference points. And, you know, it's, it's great having, having what we are there, but as, as, you know, another reference point, we can also say what we're not. And that just brings us closer to where we want to be. And, you know, having that defined in, in a set of guidelines to, to build a brand and to go out there and express a brand. And I think this is where so many businesses, certainly small businesses, entrepreneurs, they go out into the market and they, they've got no idea who they are as a brand. You know, they, they might learn that, well, if you're building a brand, you need a logo and then you need a website and then you need to go onto Facebook ads and create a brand awareness campaign. But, you know, there, there are some serious steps missed out there. If you go to any platform, whether you're paying for ads or, or just post, posting on social media, if you don't know what you want to say and how you want to say it, and if you're not clearly refined in, in, who it is that you're trying to speak to and what reason you're giving them to choose you over your competitors, well, then you're just going to go out into the market and regurgitate things that other brands are saying. And that's probably the the, the quickest and easiest way to blend in and be forgotten. Yeah. And with the number of messages and ads and content that we're bombarded with every day today, you're not going to be able to stand out if you take that approach. Yeah. And uh, like that, it's, it's such a good point. It really is because the currency today is uniqueness. The currency today is, uh, is, is throwing a hook out there that to act like a magnet for the exact type of people that you're trying to, to connect with. And if, if you look out into the market at your competitors for a reference, then all you're going to do is you're going to try to try to throw out the same magnets in the hope that they find you. But if 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 instead you look to what they're not providing to the market, and then you go and then you create that type of of magnet and you throw it out there, then 
the people who are looking for that, they are going to gravitate towards that a lot easier than just putting out more of the same. So finding your voice and staying true to who you are and just just being your unique self out there in the market, it's, it's so important. Yeah, yeah, it is. Doing all that upfront work, it makes it simpler for you. It makes it simpler for your marketers, your content writers, anyone who's trying to create all those messages for you. And then it makes it simpler for the customer as well. It makes it simpler for them to understand how you as a brand or how your brand connects with them or doesn't. And and if you're trying to charge more for your services, if you're trying to convince clients that that brand strategy is where you need to go first and foremost, then yeah. you know the, the easiest way to do that is by highlighting the fact that it makes marketing cheaper. Because you know, the more fuzzy you are about who you are as a brand, the more you're going to have to pay Facebook and Google to get in front of your customers because the algorithm is set up to to benefit those who understand their audience more intimately than the others. Because if your headlines and your copy speak to exactly who you're trying to appeal to in a way that appeals to them, then Facebook or Google or or LinkedIn, they're going to reward you with more views and more clicks at a at a cheaper cost because you're very clear on who your audience is. You're very clear on what their pain points are, and you're hitting those pain points with your headlines and your copy. And you know you're very clear as to why they should choose you over the others. So it, it just it makes it easier for everybody. It helps the the leaders to believe in the brand more because they know who they are. It helps the audience to understand the brand more and choose the brand easier because they know what they represent and and they understand the meaning. And then it makes it easier on the budget as well because the algorithms are going to reward that type of clarity. Yeah. So all that upfront work creates a win, 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 win experience for everybody. 100%. It's like anything. You know, if you're a farmer, you know... and and you know that come harvest time, you want the best possible harvest, then you're not just going to walk out into the field and throw a few seeds down. You know, there is a process to this and you, you have to understand the best way to produce a full harvest. That's the problem that we have in the market today. There is such an education gap in the market about what branding is because you have a lot of service providers providing visual identity services and branding that as branding services when it's really design services. You've got entrepreneurs coming into the market and anybody can create a business today. They don't necessarily understand what branding is all about and they take the lead of the designer or the copywriter or the marketer who is just pushing their service and you've got this massive education gap and you've got all of these failing businesses because they're skipping all of these important steps and they're not doing things in the way that they should be. Yeah, yeah. Too, too many mistakes and not understanding all the right upfront work that's needed. Well, so for brand leaders and brand strategists, what are some of the habits and values that help them thrive in their career? Well, look, uh, what Without a doubt, and it took me a long time to kind of come to this, um, it's in spite of what people might think, it's not about giving advice. You know, the best brand strategists in the world aren't the ones who 
have all the answers and, and give advice. The best brand strategists in the world are the ones who approach strategy with curiosity. And that's, that's about, uh, you know, turning up to, to any new brand or any new market and, you know, starting with a clean slate and saying, well, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know your business. Why don't you tell me about your business? I don't know what you believe. Why don't you tell me what, I, I don't know what's valuable to you. I don't know where you want to go. I, I don't know these things. Why don't you tell me? And then it's about, you know, asking the right questions in and around the market in terms of the competitors and the target audience to, to get to those answers that you can use to define a strategy. So a brand strategist is, is uh, and the role of brand strategy, it's not about giving advice. It's about asking the right questions and taking the answers to produce the right solution. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. So, so essentially being curious. I love that. Yeah. That, and look, of course, there are many more facets, you know, being able to facilitate a workshop and being able to to manage people. And, and you know, if you're going into that environment as a brand strategist, but certainly, you know, uh, being able to kind of take a step back and to look at things in a curious way and, and questions are your friend. I, I'm telling you, if you sit down with a list of a hundred potential questions that you could ask a client in and around their audience, their market, their competition, what they believe, what they value, where they want to go. If you have questions like that and you approach your relationship with your client with questions as your tool, you're going to build a, a much more solid relationship with your client because you're leading with curiosity and empathy because that, that curiosity are, are the questions and what you give them on the back of that is empathy to the answers that they're giving you. And that, that those two ingredients are our recipe for a, a great relationship. It arms you with the information that you need to help to come to the right conclusion. It, it makes your, your audience, your clients feel that you understand them, that you're really interested, and it just sets the right foundations to develop the right strategy. And, and if your clients are involved in that process, then the brand that you build they will believe in because they have been part of that process too. And you haven't just handed them a brand that, that you built, you built that brand with them and they believe in it. That's it. Yeah. And that helps create, like we've talked about earlier, that helps create a stronger relationship. Well, so in addition to you working with clients as a brand strategist, you also offer all of your lessons through your Brand Master Academy. So mm -hmm. can, you, can you share with me about your Brand Master Academy? Who's it for? What do they get out of it? Yeah, so Brand Master Academy came about because through the process that I went through by asking those questions, and that's why I've, I, I really believe in the philosophy of curiosity because I, I arrived, and, and uh, when I say I, I arrived, I, I I haven't yet arrived. I'm still curious and I'm still asking questions and I'm still evolving. But that was the process that brought me to this place where I created this framework for my clients that they needed. I, I first of all created a framework for myself by understanding, well, you know, I, I need to be different. How am I going to be different? Well, who am I going after? Well, who's also offering them solutions? Well, how am I going to be different to them? All of these questions brought me to creating this framework that I needed for myself that I be, then began offering to my clients. And, and, you know, the more I spoke 
about this and the more I started to create content about what I was doing and why I was doing it, the more I attracted people who wanted to know about this. And and those are people people who were attracted to that information were it tended to be professional brand builders or entrepreneurs who were building brands either for themselves or for their clients. So designers, copywriters, marketers, entrepreneurs, and business leaders. And what we offer through Brand Master Academy are programs to help them understand the frameworks, systems, and processes to build a brand through strategy by asking the right questions, by taking the answers to those questions and developing them out into a unique strategy that's designed to appeal to a specific market segment, to differentiate from a competitor, to appeal through personality, to develop stories and communication and attributes, and then to develop a visual identity, all designed for one thing and for one thing only to make a business more appealing to a certain group of people so that they choose that business over their competitors. So that's just one way to go even deeper into all the lessons that you've shared. And you've, you've shared so much today. I've, I've, I've learned a lot from you just in talking with you today, but where can people go to learn more from you? Yeah, brandmasteracademy.com or search in Brandmaster Academy on YouTube. Um, I, I provided you with a link, which I believe you're going to leave in the show notes, which is yep. uh, the link to a free download, which is a, a pro brand strategy blueprint, which kind of solidifies all the ideas that I that I spoke to you about today in 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 this uh, kind of succinct document that you can follow along. Um, so if you're if you're interested or you're just starting out in brand strategy, I definitely recommend downloading that. Um, and yeah, as I said, there there are hundreds of videos on on youtube there are there are hundreds of articles uh, at brandmasteracademy.com jump onto there and it's a playground for uh, brand strategy yeah and anyone can just go a lot deeper and really dig into some of these lessons to better understand it and how they can use that in their own business or in how they're helping any of their clients so i love that well steven thank you so much for your time today i'm so grateful for you uh, th- thank you for having me it was a it- Really interesting chat and your questions opened up the conversation. So we were able to go where we went because of those questions. There we go. And I always love geeking out on brand strategy. Absolutely. I hope you enjoyed my discussion with Stephen Hurahan. So go and learn more from him at brandmasteracademy.com. You'll get access to Stephen's lessons, his resources, his courses, and his podcast. And you can download a free copy of his Pro Brand Strategy Blueprint that walks you through his seven-step process to create a standout brand. And if you're enjoying the Simple Brand Podcast, go ahead and hit the subscribe button because it's going to make it so much simpler for you to get future episodes like the next one featuring Nick Webb. Now, Nick was on the Simple Brand Podcast back in episode 74 talking about what customers hate. Now, this time, he's back to talk about lessons from his latest book, one Step Ahead, How to Dominate Your Market with Innovation Leadership. Listen, in today's hyper-competitive environment, the difference between winning and losing isn't really that big of a gap. It's actually pretty small. It's like a race where the fastest runner who crosses the finish line can be just one step ahead from the pack. So Nick and I talk about his lessons, how to keep your organization in front of your competition and to help you continuously leveraging disruption to propel your organization forward. So go ahead and subscribe and you'll automatically get Nick's episode as soon as it's live. 
Until then, keep it simple. Simple.